Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome everyone to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host Jordan Ron on ESPN. ESPN.com Giants reporter. Now we're here post-Super Bowl and I'm going to bring you the Stay or Go episode. I'm going to have my friend Dave Rothenberg join me in a few minutes. He, of course, is the co-host of DPHO and Rothenberg, 5 to 8 a.m. on 98.7 ESPN New York. One of my favorite shows out there, of course, and Dave is a big Giants fan, and so he's kind of tied into the Giants. And we're going to go over some of the moves uh, that they should or shouldn't make because the reality of the situation for the Giants now, they have a new coach, Brian Dable. They have a new general manager, Joe Shane. Now they're going to have to bring in players that fit what they want to do. Wink Martindale, also the defensive coordinator, what he wants to do, right? They can't just roll back everyone they have, especially since they were a 4-13 and 13 team. When you're a 4-13 and 13 team, you're a bad team. They didn't finish 4-13 and 13 either, strictly because of their coaching and their, their general manager. But because the talent that they had, which was obviously assembled by the general manager, was insufficient, right? So now they have a big uphill battle because they're estimated to be $10 million over the salary cap, okay? So you're talking about a team that's over the salary cap that's going to have to create cap space. Joe Shane has already said, uh, you know, he's looking to basically trim $40 million off the cap at the jump. So that means getting rid of guys, cutting players, uh, releasing players who are quality players, trading players, restructuring some deals, maybe getting some pay cuts in for some guys that wouldn't be able to get the same that they got previously on the open market. So these are all going to be on the table. There's going to be a lot of roster juggling. And Dave's going to help me go over one by one a bunch of these players in a few minutes. But just to understand realistically the situation the Giants are in right now, they have a first-year head coach, a first-year general manager, both first-timers at the job, over the cap. So they have to fix the cap. They admittedly, and Joe Shane has already said this, are not going to be major players in free agency. Now, one, this isn't how he really wants to build his team anyway. He doesn't want to have to be big players in free agency every year, which is understandable. You want to build through younger, cheaper players, and then you supplement and fill in free agency around. But the fact that the Giants are in the situation they have, and they are money-wise as well, so you're, you're talking about they're starting over the cap, you're not going to be able to go make big splashes and get big players and compete with teams who have, you know, $50 million under the cap. No, the Giants are going to have to be frugal and make some smart, low-cost signings. That's the route that they're forced to travel here. And we're talking about, in part, how do you rebuild that offensive line? They're going to have to maybe strengthen numbers in free agency, middle to lower-end guys, uh, value deals in regards to offensive line. And I know it's not ideal. It's not what anybody wants to hear, but there really is no other alternative for them right now, okay? 
So you have Will Hernandez, who's a free agent on that offensive line. Billy Price, who started, who was a free agent on an offensive line. Nate Solder, who started, who became a free agent this week. His contract lapsed. There's some dead money left over. It was a void year there. But this was just a, a technicality that he, he was going to become a free agent. So that's three-fifths of the offensive line right there that are free agents. Now, are any of them any good? I mean, didn't play very well this year, but those are still spaces now that you're going to have to fill. Like, would Billy Price be a good guy to bring back at center with Nick Gates, put him in there? At least you're going to need some insurance at center. And Billy Price actually, I thought, played played better as the year went along. And, uh, you know, especially in the run game, was was a pretty good was a pretty good run blocker. So guys like that, you're gonna ha- they're gonna have to add guys like that to the roster. So if he returns, I wouldn't be stunned. Not at all. Now, where they are going to make their mark, this new regime, is the draft. That's where the Giants are going to get key pieces to rebuild. How about this? Think about this for a second. They pick fifth and seventh overall. Let's just say they they take make both those selections. If you hit on two real significant players at five picks five and seven, and it's not unheard of. You're picking fifth and seventh in the draft. Let's just say they get one of these offensive linemen and and an edge rusher. You know, I think the the most recent scenario that was laid out was by uh, Todd McShay in a mock draft from ESPN. ESPN Plus, go go look at it. It was Kayvon Thibodeau makes it to them at five. He's the edge rusher from Oregon. And uh, Charles Cross, offensive tackle from the SEC. Uh, it was Mississippi, Mississippi State. One of the two, if I'm forgetting off the top of my head. But let's say those two guys. So if you hit on an offensive tackle who's an average quality player his first year, which I think, you know, the idea that you come into the league and play as Tristan Wirfs did as an all-pro is probably not realistic. I mean, for the most part, guys don't do that, that position. Kayvon Thibodeau comes in. Thibodeau. I keep pronouncing his name wrong. Kayvon Thibodeau comes in and is like a seven, eight sack guy, a threat off the edge. Immediately, that makes your team significantly better. I mean, those are two spots they have gaping holes. If they could fill them with those two guys and they're good players year one and, and significant players moving forward and they hit on both, I mean, that does it goes a long way in rebuilding this team. The Giants have nine picks in the top 100. Two firsts, a second, and two thirds right now. So they could do a lot of damage in this draft. I wouldn't be surprised to see them move around, collect more picks, collect future picks. Because they have to keep the one thing they have to keep in mind. Because here's what's going to happen. They're going to roll it back with Daniel Jones. They'll probably bring in some kind of competition for him. They have to. But at the same time, in the back of their minds, the way this team operates, they're going to have to still keep in mind that it's a possibility probably a pretty strong possibility that they're going to have to address that position next year. So you don't want to leave yourself with nothing. I mean, the more draft capital you have is beneficial because that's the most important position on a, on the football team and they need to not leave themselves hanging. So yes, if they could trade out of the fifth or seventh pick, move down, get into like the teens and pick up a pick for next year, an early pick next year. Yeah. That's a good move for this team right now. So I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if the Giants traded picks number five and seven. Now, the caveat there is that's tough to do in this year's draft. Not the strongest draft at the top. Not the best year to be a top 10 
selection. But if there's something there, it's definitely something this it's worth exploring for this organization. All right. Let's get to some of these individual player moves that need to happen or don't or, or shouldn't happen this offseason. We'll be in the next couple weeks. Uh, the combine March begins to, basically the, that first week of March. That's when a lot of these conversations will be had between agents and teams. In the meantime, the Giants are you know, working on uh, potential free agents and devising a plan to overhaul this roster to get it back to respectability. In the meantime, let's do our own uh, who should stay or who should go. On to the next one. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, let's bring in Dave Rothenberg, host of DPHO in Rothenberg, Monday to Friday. Uh, what, do you, what do you start at, like 2 in the morning till, till, uh, till 8? Not quite, but close enough. Uh, no, Dave? no, no, no. That, what kind of introduction is that? Whenever yeah. I have you on the show, I couldn't be more excited to, to talk to you. And then, and then that's the way you bring me into the podcast? No. The I show mean, is, is oh, five, hold on, hold five on, hold on. to eight you, Monday through Friday at 98. We know it's five to eight, but here's uh, come on. You're going to give me a hard time about that. You wake me up at God knows what hour, right? I have to sneak into the other room to not wake up my wife. And then you rack a weird laugh I have and you <laughs> and use it in perpetuity. And I can't yeah, say, you, you, you and I can't it. say three to three to eight in the morning. You pretty much hit the nail on the head. Correct. That's what we do. <laughs> well, we love we love your show. I love your show anyway. Well, I still you. wake up. I still wake up and listen to it, even though it's at some ungodly hours at times. But and I'm I'm told Jordan that you have family that loves my show. Well, that's how I get. That's how I get the real dirt. Like of when you guys are you know playing stuff or talking trash about me. So let's be honest. When you have a family and you're not commuting in the morning, I'm not waking up at five a.m anymore i know so by the time i get up i'm like towards the end of your show so i need somebody to be reporting back to me what's being said it's only fair very fair you have your moles and that's fine yeah well, well let's okay let's get into the giants real quick here okay go ahead how okay we have joe shane hired as the general manager brian dable hired as the coach now we sit here and the giants have a lot of moves to make. Joe Shane has said he wants to cut forty million off the salary cap. That's the number he's used. So, how are you feeling about this team right now, Dave? The moves that they made, you feel bad. I mean, you were you were pretty distraught the last time we talked. Probably, mm-hmm. you know, the last quarter of the season, somewhere around there. Yeah, uh, I mean they they turned themselves into the most comical organization in football. That's inclusive of the Texans. That's inclusive of the Jaguars. That's inclusive of the Jets. I mean, what the Giants did, Jordan, was became the laughing stock of the NFL. And you know how I felt. You know how angry I was and, and how frustrated I was and how I wanted change. I got to tell you, 
I know that they have done nothing as of yet except to put the pieces in place to, to make the, that change. But I really love what they've done. Um, I'm a big fan of, of Joe Shane and what he brings to the table. I, I think Brian Dable is a very capable offensive coach at a minimum. And I hope that he's going to be a good head coach. You never know, but my expectation is he's going to be good. Uh, Kafka that they got from Kansas City. I, I've been reading a lot about what you know, the, the particulars there say about him. They say he is absolutely phenomenal. And Wink Martindale as well. And then bringing in his own guys. So a couple things on this. Firstly, I really like, and again, it's early stages and they have a lot of work to do. I get it. I really like the pieces they put in place to build this team. And secondly, a big question, Jordan, is, was, are they going to do it? Are they going to allow, right? Are they going, like the Marriott contingent is not, the normal way for them is not to just, you know, clean house and make these sweeping changes and allow guys that they don't know to, to run the roost. But that's different now. I mean, that's very different now because there's no one they have a real connection with. They've gone outside their comfort zone. And I think in the long term, it's going to be for the best and the Giants fan will be pleased. Uh, I, you brought up a big one there. Wink Martindale. I mean, I, I like that idea. I mean, the idea, because when you're talking, okay, they hire Brian Dayball, right? Now, you have Brian Dable, who's an offensive coach, guy who's coached offense his entire career, first-time head coach. The idea of getting a proven, you know, defensive coordinator who's had success in this league, basically to be the defensive head coach is something that, and I know you you were on this bandwagon too. I mean, you you wanted Wink Markendale, or you, you mentioned that he was, you know, going to be a, a big name in the, in the search from the beginning. That's got to make you feel better that at least you have that sort of defensive head coach over there to run the show. I mean, Patrick Graham and people would would have been fine with him coming back. But once he left to get Martindale, seems like a win. It seems like a huge win. Right. And and I think they tried to do something like this when with Joe Judge, they gave him Jason Garrett. But I don't I don't think Jason Garrett was all that good. To be honest with you, and 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 it wasn't his guy. Like this is well, that's the ironic part. He wanted Brian Dayball, right? Right. Exactly. This is this this is well orchestrated. This is not you know Gase and McCagnan, and then you fire the GM, you bring in a new GM. It does, it's clunky. This is not Gettleman and uh, and a roving cast of coaches. This is we have a plan. It's going to make sense, and it's going to work. And and early on. I can't imagine how you could be a fan of the Giants and even even people that don't like the Giants. Like you look nationally, they, they've been highly praised for what they've done. Yeah, the only thing the only thing that, uh, you know, makes you hesitant and this is nothing to do with anyone they've hired is their history that you're just like, OK, they've done everything right. But now let's just like wait and see. Right. Because you just you can't have 100 percent confidence that this organization is just going to get it right at this point because the last eight years to kind of beat, beat you down. Correct. But that's Correct. not, but, but I will, but I will say this. I that's will not say tangible this. evidence. You know what I mean? No, th- no that's there's just no, there's your, no factual your gut proof, saying, right? I can't, I, I, I can't, can't, I can't show you something that, that, that will convince you other than just opinion at this point. But I will say this. I, I didn't like Gettleman at the time and like him less now than I ever have. Shermer, whatever. McAdoo, eh. Like none of these guys. And, and Joe Judge, I didn't, I didn't even know Joe Judge existed when they started talking <laughs> yeah, to him. So, sure. Those guys did not lead me to have a, a lot of confidence other than 
I root for the Giants, and I'm hopeful. I actually have legitimate confidence now. And you're right. Look, we could all be wrong. I could be wrong. It could be awful. They could take a step in the wrong direction. I find that hard to believe. I feel like it's much more in capable hands now than it's been in a long time. The organization is going to go through major change, and I think that's what everybody wanted. And the results said it was absolutely necessary. So and we're not just talking like some BS like talk, like how they said, oh, you know, Dave Gettleman and the previous regime said, like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're, we're, you know, increasing our technical, uh, our, making our, our operation more technical and analytic. And, and we knew that was total BS. He called the, uh, he called the, uh, analytics department the uh the it guys i mean so the come on you know we, we knew we he, knew he that, that. great he really did a great job he really when, <laughs> when you look at it and you look at all the moves he made he just he's, he did a phenomenal job with the i mean seriously do you think and i'm not, usually you say this jokingly like you know i could play quarterback but like i don't i think that me or you could have done a better job like there, we couldn't you can't you almost can't uh, do a worse job than he actually did i, I don't even i don't even think it jordan like i, I know it I, I, I know because I bitched about it at the time. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have taken Barkley too, which was a horrendous move, right? Like, no, I mean, a, a mame, like you just, you look up and down the moves that this Ain't guy sober. made. It's like awful, 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 awful. I mean, they were, they were in such a position before this past season that in the 11th hour, it's like, oh my God, we need to somehow find a way to bring Billy Price. Bring him in. I mean, Skur from the Ravens. Any, we'll take anybody. And yeah. no, no. He was, and we he all was, knew that their offensive line was troubling coming into the season. I don't like, think we, we realized it. it would be this bad, though. I yeah, mean, I know, I know. Really but I'm saying bad. we all knew that, like, wow, they're not, they're not, you know, adding all these offensive linemen in the draft or free agency. Like, you know, it'd probably be good to do that. And, like, sure, they felt better about some of their own guys, but they left themselves with zero wiggle room right like like no contingency plan i mean it was, it was just bad just bad so now the moves are okay the roster is going to get flipped over so i'm going to rip through some moves here you tell me where you stand on these guys if you want them to stay go how you want the giants to handle it ready all right let me ask you this before we start and i'm, yeah, I'm happy to do this game do you have the financial implications of each guy as we go through i do Great. I do. Then that would be that might be helpful for me as okay. well. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say the name. I'm gonna say the price that they cost this year, and then the possible move. Okay. Okay. We'll start with Saquon Barker. He would have he's under contract, guaranteed seven point two one seven million dollars. Last year now of his deal. So remember, like, are they gonna re-sign him to a big deal? Right. Probably not. Thing. So it's really just one year at seven million dollars. Trade. Keep how would how would you feel about either of those? Moves? I, I again to me this is clear. If I can get fair value in return, uh, and we actually asked Mike Tenenbaum recently, what do you think that Saquon can realistically bring back? And he said, I think he can get a two. If I can get a, a second round pick for Saquon Barkley, and like you said, if I was building my team around him and he was going to be here for five years and he was in, you know, like going to be an integral part, fine. But that's not the case. And like you just mentioned, he's one year. If he's healthy, will he help? Of course. But you're not, he's not going to be here long term. So why not get as much as I can in return for him, move forward without him? You see that teams can easily win games in this league with guys, 
running. I mean, Elijah Mitchell. I mean, you could go through any team. It's like this guy wasn't a first round pick. This guy yeah, the wasn't Jets a first of round Michael pick. Carter. You know, Michael Carter. You already have Devontae Booker, who who just if you gave me another Devontae Booker, like if I have Devontae Booker and another guy equally talented as Devontae Booker, my running back situation is fine. Absolutely fine. All right. So, so fair value. Do, you brought up fair value, though. Fair value. Let's say what's uh, for, I, I think it's about a third round middle, th- middle, third, middle, middle, round, middle of the third round. What do you what do you say? What do you think? Uh, I still think I do it for a couple of reasons. A, I, I can use the pick. B, he's not part of my long-term solution. So I would do it. But I think from the narrative of did the Giants do okay, you'll be much better situated if you can somehow get a two, even if it's a late Second two. rounder 2023. Yeah, I would do that. Absolutely. Okay. Because I, I think that's realistic. I don't know if you're going to get a second rounder this year. Because well, the, the one-year part... That's a lot to give up for a one-year rental, you know. Absolutely. So uh, I don't, I don't know if you're going to get that this year, but a second rounder next year is about the equivalent of a third this year. So I think that I would do that. that second rounder next year in a draft which is loaded, and you want to have draft capital, hundred percent, I would do it. Yeah, I think I would too. I think I would too. Sterling Shepard. It's uh, not even a debate. Okay. It's, yeah. It, 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 but you all, number, but it's not even a debate. Yeah, uh, he's injured. He's got the Achilles injury. Obviously, that's a killer. But, I mean, the thing is, he only if you cut him, you only save four and a half million dollars. It's really not that much. But what can he really provide you? What can well, he a couple things. You? And if you cut him post June first, you're talking eight and a half million. So that's that's a possibility there. He's he's coming off a horrendous injury, which happened late in the year, and he's always hurt to begin with. I think he's a great guy, but uh, there's no chance that he's going to be on this team next year. Here's here's a difficult one. Blake Martinez coming off in the injury, but it happened early yeah. in the year. Eight and a half million dollars. You don't have a replacement for him. You you have to find something significant if you get rid of him. You know what I'd like to do if you'll allow me? Can I because I'm trying to get you to 40 million. Can you add up as we move through here? And then at the end, I can I can kind of reassess Blake Martinez. OK, well, we'll do. uh Shepard will count as a post June first, so we'll do the full eight and a half. We right. got Saquon at seven and change, so we're about at like let's say sixteen there. Kyle Rudolph, we're gonna say is a given, gone right? because gone. So, so now we're at twenty one million right there. Okay, so we're at twenty one million. Blake Martinez, we have a question mark next to. Okay, James Bradbury, what's he at? Twelve million dollars you save. He counts like twenty-one million dollars against the salary cap. So you get you cut him. You're saving twelve million dollars now. Obviously, your best cornerback, good player, but that's a lot of money. I'm going to move him to the side for the moment as well with a question mark. I'll get back to both of those guys. Continue. All right, Logan Ryan, six point two seven five million dollars potentially saved. Good quality player, veteran, really the leader good, on that. Good defense. locker room guy too. Yeah, he's the leader on that defense. Um. Boy, that's a really tough one. I'm gonna keep Logan Ryan. All right. Well, see, they don't have that much. That like the list is with them. What do you do? You're keeping Daniel Jones. He's yes. All right. I mean, those are their really you know big cuts. So where are we getting this forty million? This is all the right. Well, um, you put me in a position where I'm gonna have to cut Bradbury now. Okay. So we're at Bradbury. We were at about sixteen. Now we're about twenty eight. 
We could do another bunch of little moves. Let's say get to like thirty-five ish. I think. No, we're above. We're above twenty-eight. Um, what's his name? Brought us to Rudolph. Brought us to twenty-one. You said Bradbury's twelve. That oh, I forgot. 33. I forgot Rudolph. I forgot Rudolph. So twenty-one. So we're at thirty-three. You could scratch another seven from like small minimal moves and keep Blake Martinez probably. Okay, so that that's what I'll do. I, I I'd like to keep Martinez. I'd like to keep Ryan. Uh, I don't think Bradbury was good to begin with this year. I thought he had a terrible season. He did have a bad year. But he could play. Uh, so, he could he could play. The problem is if you're gonna play a lot of man, he's not not the best natural man corner. Like you don't want him against speedy guys. And that's just a lot of money, man. That's just a lot of money. Yeah, it sure is. I mean, we can't really touch guys like Leonard Williams, uh, even though his numbers, you know, astronomical. Uh, Kenny Galladay. I think these these are guys that yeah, at least have to go one more year with you, no matter what. You, you kind of can't get off those. You could so you think, could get think about you, that for a second. You, the one I didn't get to, Dave. Hold on, real quick. The one I didn't get yeah. to would be Devontae Booker's an option. You get three million saved, but if you're moving Saquon, I'm assuming right. at that point you have to keep Devontae Booker, right? Well, if I'm if I'm moving Saquon, which in a perfect world I'm I'm going to be doing, I can't I can't and it's not a huge number, you know, Devontae Booker. I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with him because again, he he's a small back. He can catch the ball. He's a he's a decent running back. If I can add like like the opposite skill set that he has in a similar valued running back, those two guys, I'm fine at running back now. Right. No, I agree. I mean, I agree. You, you could, you could fill that serviceably. It's not a premium position where you need a superstar. And the reality is, is Saquon Barkley a superstar anymore? I mean, is he that player that, that he was his rookie year? He hasn't been that player since his rookie year to, to, Bank on that seems silly to me at this point. I I agree. And his rookie year is a long time ago now. You've had yeah. two full seasons go past since his rookie season. It's not to say I don't think he could be a good quality player. I do. I think if he as long as he's healthy, he's a good quality player that can help the team be a, a very very serviceable piece. He's just not going to be Saquon rookie year Saquon. No, I I agree with you 100. It was a bad pick at the time. It's a worse pick now, and it's time to clean house and move on from him. Free agents, the the notable names, Will Hernandez, Evan Ingram, Jabril Peppers, Lorenzo Carter. Uh, Anybody there? Will Hernandez. Anybody there want back? Yeah. In a perfect world, I'd like to bring Jabril Peppers back if I could at a a decent number. Hernandez is gone. Ingram is gone. And who's the other one you gave me? Lorenzo Carter. Can I bring Lorenzo Carter back at, at, I don't know, a small number? I yeah, he'd be the one I, like I, I'm, intrigued. I think that, I'm intrigued. I mean, he's by coming off an right Achilles. Now. Yeah, he he's a guy coming off an Achilles as well, and he got better as the season went on. And now I got gonna have him in a, in a blitzing aggressive defense. I would like if I could to bring him back. Yeah, the question is, is anybody gonna pay him? He had a strong finish to the season, I believe, five sacks in like the last five games or four games. Uh, so that that could get somebody to give him some money, whether it be the Giants or not, we don't know. But yeah, that that's the one to me that intrigues me. Peppers, if we're keeping Logan Ryan, that's just a surplus at that position that I don't think is necessary. Like they have other if they if they didn't have all these other spots to fill, maybe it would make a little bit more sense to me. But uh yeah. Um Super Bowl, real quick, Dave. Yeah. How'd you feel about Odell Beckham winning a, a Super Bowl? I didn't love it, to be honest with you. It bothered you? Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I don't like the way he acted in New York. I don't like the way that he went after Eli. I don't I, I think he was a child. Um, I think he had some childish tendencies with Cleveland as well. I think he's great. There, 
I, I never questioned his ability. He's a phenomenal player. But, you know, he, he got paid by the Giants. First, he had to be paid. He wanted to be paid. He demanded getting paid. They paid him. And then he, he might have gotten worse after they paid him. So, you know, he yeah, did well. things I didn't like. He did things that were not giant like. I mean, he was he was never the, the same after that broken leg. Let's be honest. No, that was kind of like the beginning of the Norman, end there. The fighting with Josh Norman, I thought, was awful. The ping like a dog was terrible. The interview with Josina Anderson, where he took shots at Eli Manning after but you were paid. willing to forgive everything at the beginning until the production stopped coming at the same time. Like you're willing right. to take that all that stuff, right? Yeah. Um. So, do I hate him? No. Did I love watching him win? No. Did I want him to get hurt and not be able to participate in the second half? No on that as well. So was there any part of you that felt bad for him as he was sitting there on the sideline, unable yes. to like tears down? Absolutely. His face? Absolutely. Of course. Cause right. my, my goal, listen, I'm a savage fan. We know that, but my goal <laughs> is not for guys to get hurt and to, to, and I thought, I actually thought that him getting hurt changed the complexion of the game. Oh, God, they, they were the, the receivers they had on the field were awful. They they could not stop him. And if they stopped him, it, they wouldn't have been able to stop cop or I mean, they, 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 they just had too many weapons. Once he went down, it really changed the complexion of that game. So I did feel I felt really badly for him. Absolutely. Yeah. No, no Higby and no Odell. Really? You do. There were some guys on the field. You're like, who is this guy? Right. And, and no Robert Woods also. Remember yeah, I mean, right. when, when Odell even signed there, Robert Woods was supposed to be part of that package and we found out like the next day that he was gonna be out for the season yes seriously imagine if robert woods and odell are would have healthy in that offense together that offense could have really been potent it would have been smashing teams they're already champions but all right dave we i appreciate it uh we we just figured out all the giants problems here in about 20 minutes hopefully joe shane and, and company will uh will have similar success to us well let's just hope that you know we we could assume that they're listening right I mean, if they Absolutely. know who Pat Hanlon's going to be like, hey, if you're going to listen to something, this 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 should this and uh, DPH or Rothenberg are we should be listening to. I, I think Hanlon has already run that right up the ladder, and I think they listen every single day. Yep. Beautiful, beautiful. We'll do this again soon. Thanks a lot. Speak again. On to the Thank next you, one. Thank you, Jordan. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, thanks to my guy Dave Rothenberg there for the time. Always fun talking Giants with him. You can tell he's uh, keeps close tabs on what's going on with this organization, very close. So he's in tune with what, what the right moves are for this organization. But let's wrap up with a little Jordan on the beat. This is the portion of the episode where I tell you what it's like to cover the Giants, cover the NFL, 
or work for ESPN in general. And what I'm going to do here is go over a little Super Bowl. Because when you cover a team, you develop personal relationships with people. And that's kind of what you root for. You root for people that, that you, you like as humans, as, as individuals. And for the Rams, there's three guys there. It's Odell. We've talked about him. Obviously, the injuries, part of it. Tours, likely tore his knee again. Uh, devastating for him in his career, even though he did win a Super Bowl. Dante Dion, the little diminutive cornerback who hung around for a while, mostly uh, on the practice. He was on and off the practice squad, actually did play, but always saying he's, he's too small, can't play, you know, bounced around, gets his ring as a, on the active roster in the Ram, with, for the Rams. And also, Grant Haley. Just a great story. I mean, this is one that makes you feel good when you think about because, I mean, this, first of all, top-notch guy. Great guy. Okay? Uh, had been dealing, I did a story on him once. I was, he had been dealing, his mother needed, I believe it was a, a liver, liver or kidney transplant. And they finally got it. His mother gets healthy. And then a couple years later, now his dad, Leon Haley, dies tragically in a jet ski accident, I believe, within the last year. So Grant Haley, who, quite frankly, when the Giants got rid of him, I wasn't sure if he would ever really get another opportunity. I mean, he's a bit player. He struggled at times at cornerback. I mean, they, they had him starting in the slot, playing a big role. Uh, you know, so it wasn't easy for him to latch on other places. It went to New Orleans, finally got to the Rams. And then was on the practice squad, ended up on the active roster. So Grant Haley, who is one of the nicest men you'll ever meet, gets a title. That, as somebody who covers the NFL and covered the Giants and covered him in, in particular, I mean, that's a story that makes you feel good. Dante Dion, too. A guy who bounced around, was on their practice squad on and off for the last couple of years, wins the Super Bowl on the active roster. Good for him. I mean, these are guys that at times you weren't sure going to you know, their careers wouldn't be extended, that you thought it might be ending for them. But no, they latched on, were on practice squads on and off and worked their way up to active rosters and it worked their way up to an active roster on Super Bowl winning teams. So I feel good for both of those guys. And then Odell, who I had a pretty solid, uh, solid relationship for the most part, was on and off at times. But, you know, you feel good for him. And to me, what this is, is a reminder. Because think back. Think back at how many times you heard this. Oh, you can't win with him on your roster. You can't win with guys like that on your roster. He's a me guy. Too much of a me guy. He's all about himself. And look, not arguing at times is, yeah, is he about himself? Sure, a lot of these guys are. are a lot of, there's a lot of these guys are bad guys. I'm not even saying Odell's a bad guy, because I don't think he is. He's very emotional. You saw that throughout the weekend. That crying might have been, been a little much. But he, when he goes through stuff, I mean, the emotions can get the best of him. We saw that with the whole Josh Norman thing. But generally, I think he's a good guy, so I'm, I'm happy for him. But my point here is the idea that you can't win with certain guys. You can't, oh, you can't win with that guy. No, no. It's the coach's job. It's the GM's job. It's the organization's job to set up an atmosphere that can get people to buy in and work. Not 
we have this great talent. We need to get rid of him. You can't win with that guy. He's too much for me. No, no. Your job, especially when you have a talent like what he was at the time, is to make it work. The New England Patriots made it work with Aaron Hernandez. Okay? Bill Belichick made it work with Aaron Hernandez. I mean, they picked up plenty of guys over the years. I mean, they picked up Josh Gordon at times. He had, the, you know, suspension, drug troubles. You had Antonio Brown they picked up. I mean, the the the... The Bucs won a Super Bowl with Antonio Brown last year. So don't tell me you can't win with these guys that people think are trouble. No, no. Your job is to try and make it work. And that's the leadership's job. Make it work, especially when they're top talents. You find ways to get them to buy in and make it work. And that now I understand this is a different version of Odell. First of all, he's grown up. He's about to have a baby. He's I don't know if he's engaged or girlfriend or about to get married, whatever it is. But he's at a different point in his life, obviously. He's older. He's more mature. Of course. He's not the star. He's not asked to be the number one. It it would have been different here. The pressure on him would have been much more intense here. All true. But the point still holds that it's the team and the organization's job to make it work at that point, to make that player feel comfortable, not go up to him like Pat Shermer did before he gets his big contract. He's coming off a broken leg and says, when are you going to get on the field and play? Are you going to get on the field and play in the preseason or what? That's how you alienate guys. And you get him to the point and you keep rolling back. You like get him to the point where he's so frustrated that he goes and does that interview with Josina Anderson and, you know, craps on Eli Manning. Now, should he have done that? Absolutely not. But it was also the organization failure of him getting to that situation. Trust me, the frustration in that wide receiver room in particular reached a point where it was just going to eventually boil over. And it did. And to me, that's as much on the organization as it is on the individual. So don't tell me you can't win with guys. Uh, you know, they, they, they just won with Odell Beck. The guy that so many people have said over the years, you can't win with that guy, you can't win with that guy. No, no, obviously you can. And he's not a bad guy at all. You have Antonio Brown, who we saw what happened this year with Antonio Brown. We saw what happened with him in uh, Pittsburgh. You saw what happened when he was on New England and he didn't last long. They still won a Super Bowl with him last year. Tom Brady, Bruce Arians, the organizational structure was able to make it work. Granted, for a short period of time, but they made it work. And he's not even a great player anymore. He's a good player now. Was a great player. Same with Odell. Good player. Was a great player. But there are ways to make it work. So enough of uh, standing on my my ped- the pedestal here and, and preaching. Uh, I'm going to cut this episode right here. Uh, remember, like, subscribe, tell your friends, Breaking Big Blue. It's the best podcast I've ever listened to. It's amazing. You need to listen to it. Help it grow. Help Jordan get bigger. Help him get make more money. You know, everything that's important to all you guys. Or, namely, me. But, eh, tomato, tomato. Uh, you could send me questions. Always reach me. Email, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. You know where to find me. I'm your host, Jordan Ronan. You're listening to Breaking Big Blue. See you next time.